TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All right, halfway home on a feel-good Friday. An FP Friday. FP Santangelo, Evan Giddings with you here on 95.7 The Game, filling in for Steiny and Guru. A couple of things to clean up. A lot of updates around, of course, the coaching circle. Bill Belichick replaced in New England. Here in the Bay Area, Adam Peters, assistant GM for the 49ers, going to Washington, D.C. to join the commanders in their front office. And also the San Francisco Giants making a signing with Jordan Hicks signing a four-year, $44 million deal. That is by Jeff Passett of ESPN. But apparently he's going to start FP has been previously, majoritively, in the bullpen. So, yeah. interested to see how that's going to work out. This is from Danny Emmerman uh, on Twitter. He said, aside from Logan Webb's contract extension, Jordan Hicks reported four-year, $44 million is the most years Farhan Zaidi uh, has committed to a pitcher. So, that's true, yeah. Well, yeah. it's only been two or three, I think, of the most. Did Jordan Hicks... Has one of the nastiest sinkers in baseball. It's 103 miles an hour, and it just dives under your knee if you're right-handed. So his thing is about command and control. Apparently, he's a really nice guy. I've done some text messaging around the league since we started the show. Great dude in the clubhouse. Great guy. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I did. I'm doing my homework. I'm doing my prep work on the air, bro. Yeah. Well, like, like I said, even when you're texting, you got to hear that drip in the back of your head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I texted. You ready? Get ready. Chip Carey, the play-by-play guy for the Cardinals, who knows Aaron Hicks very well. He said it's a great great addition, so we'll see. He's a good broadcaster, too. He is. He's a wonderful dude. Let's get back out to the phone lines. Bring on Phil Mo Mike here on 95.7. The game wants to talk about the Warriors and booing. I'll give you the floor, Phil Mo. What's up? Oh, what's up, man? First of all, the Warriors started in Philly. They did not start in Oakland. They came to San Francisco, played at Keysar, sometimes played at various places within the Bay Area. You feel me? Played at the Cow Palace and then settled in the Oakland Coliseum. Now, let's get that right, because you said they started in the town. They did not start in the town. Shout out to the town. I live in the town. I love them. But now, the Warriors deserve to get booed. They just deserve to get booed. So, like, when you plan the way, they, the way that they've been playing, you're going to get booed. It don't matter if you a new fan, if you an old fan. Pick up your game of play. Like people been saying, play with some energy. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. Now, we've been spoiled, and a lot of the fans that go to the games now are spoiled because the ticket prices are so high. And I do agree, when you when we're at the level that we're at, that was going to happen. You feel me? Now, Laker being a businessman, he was going to move the team to Frisco if they had won some or if they did not win any. It still was going to raise the value of that team. You feel me? The same fans are here. We're still here. We love the Warriors. The one thing about the Warriors, everybody noticed, it's, it's, if you, you could be from wherever. You could be from Hawaii. I love you. A Warrior fan, it's all love. So, like, when you plan the way that they're playing, they're going to get booed. Steph Curry said he's the leader, right? He's the most transfer. Uh, everybody say he's the greatest sports athlete in the Bay Area. He said we deserve to get booed. So, if he know that, he know what's up, he know what's up. So, it's nothing to be said. And one thing I do want to say, the weirdest time I've ever seen someone getting booed, FP, you may like this story. Dallas Cowboys got 
uh, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders played for the Giants. He had got traded from the Reds. He played for the Giants. The, the, the candlestick, they were booing him, right? He slapped a double or a triple. Guess what? They stood up and cheered. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fastest man I've ever seen on a baseball field. Unbelievable. He had a triple against us one day, and I, I blinked, and he was standing on third. Un, <laughs> unbelievably fast. Might be the fastest athlete ever. And a good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always rooting for Coach Prime. I don't know how long. I, I'm surprised Alabama didn't try to get Coach Prime over there. That would have been something, huh? Well, certainly would have made headlines. I mean, Deion Sanders got his own problems in Colorado, but I think he's he's eventually going to get a shot somewhere, whether it's be in the NFL or in college. People want to be attached to brands, and he is probably one of, if not the biggest brand as a coach of college football, now that Saban's gone. Let, let me add on to what that caller was just saying. Sorry to change the subject on you, Evan, but like, let, 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 me, let me add on to what he's saying. When you see lack of effort from a team, there comes a point where I don't want to say you get satisfied with winning, but you have this here-we-go-again mentality. And when you have that as a group, you can just kind of feel the energy. I'm a big energy guy. I'm a big intangible guy in sports. The vibe that your team is putting out there, the vibe that you have in the clubhouse, the vibe that you have on the bus, the vibe that you have on a plane. Are, do you have swagger? Do you have confidence? And what you have to fight as a player, especially ones with so many successes, which I can't even relate to with these guys, is how much success they've had, is that... I don't want to say you get used to losing, but in the course of a game, you're, right, let's go, let's go. You're in the locker room, you're playing your song, you come out, like you do the introductions with the flames and the fire, and you're ready to go. And then all of a sudden, things don't go as planned. There's this, there's this aura or this vibe that everybody starts to, that you have to fight the here we go again mentality. And that's a tough thing to turn around. Like when you have a losing streak in sports, it's tough to turn that energy around and do a 180 and start winning again because you have this, 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 just, I don't want to say a pall, but you have this, this terrible energy that, that permeates throughout the locker room, that permeates on the bench, that permeates, it's not even things that are spoken. It's like you come back to a silent dugout after striking out, or maybe you come out of the game and there's a look from a coach or a look from a teammate and you just have this, here we go again mentality. Like somebody will throw the ball out of bounds. Somebody will do something stupid. Somebody will take a shot with a forced shot with tons of time left on the shot clock. There's no passing. There's no ball movement. There's no cutting down the lane. It's everybody standing around. And all of a sudden you look up at the scoreboard and you're down by 15. And everybody has that it's okay to have that here we go again mentality. Then you come in the locker room after the game. And the more you lose, the more comfortable you become with losing the more acceptable it is, so to speak. Because as athletes, we all want attention. We all want attention, right? We all have egos. And you're still getting attention if you're losing. It's not the attention you'd like. It's negative attention. But you're still standing up front in the podium. You're answering questions. You may, might be getting more attention losing because you've won four championships than you would if you were expected to win. So what they have to fight, and I don't know how you do it. If I had the, if I had the cure to this, I'd be a billionaire. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. That if you, if you, can, if you can fix that, that here we go again mentality, it, it's just it's a mindset. It's a mental state. You have to fight. You have to dig down deep in places you didn't even know you had to turn this whole thing around. And it could be just as simple as they're just not good. They just don't have the talent as other teams do. When, when I was uh, at the game the other night um, and they were playing the Nuggets, I'm like, D Denver, I mean, they're big. They're all tall. They're all big. And you could just, it was noticeable mm -hmm. on how much bigger they were than the Warriors and how much better shooters they were. And um, I know they lost on the last second shot. But when you start losing in fashion like that, and there's daggers. It's like a walk off. It's like a walk off loss, and you see the other team bouncing around at home. Those permeate into two or three or four games because you never, the, the locker room's never as quiet as when you lose a close game. It's like crickets and guys have their heads hanging. Guys aren't even on their phones after tough losses. Like if you lose like by twenty or something, you're probably on your phone two seconds after you get in the locker room. If you lose on a last second shot, or you lose on a walk off base hit then that's when guys stare into their lock a little bit, and those have a tendency to bleed into the next game, the next game, and the next game. Well, and the next game after the Denver game was a game in which you won by three points against Detroit, and that's a three-win team. And then you look at what happened in the last couple games. Like, So I'm with you. I think it, it might have all stemmed from the Denver game, the fact that they blew like 16, 18-point lead the last six minutes of that game. 
And you've seen it trickle over into the last three performances, which have been uninspiring and have led to boos and back-to-back games. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with uh, the 510 here on the Comcast Business Text Live. It's not so much losing, but how they lost and getting blown out by 40. Yeah, I mean, Wednesday night was the worst home loss in the Steve Kerr era. You know, if, if that doesn't deserve a, a boo or a reaction in a negative way, I don't necessarily know what does. Uh, but I know that uh, Jonathan in San Leandro... Pardon me. Let's get to Jose in Berkeley first. I know he wanted to respond to uh, to our previous caller. What's up, Jose? You're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, how you guys doing? just want to say thanks for taking my call. and uh, You guys do a great show. So all I wanted to say was I've been a Warrior fan since the Mitch Richmond days and Tim Hardaway. So I've always been there, right? I've worked for the Oracle for like six years of my life before Burn Davis and everything, right? Seen Curry come in as a, I mean Curry come in as a rookie. For me, all I wanted to say was, if you're not happy with the team, I get it. Sometimes you deserve a boo, right? But you don't bring your team back by booing. You bring your team back by saying Warriors and let's go. You know, um, me personally, I don't think I need to boo my own team. I, I mean, I don't even like when we're down, I stay for the last seconds on the last hope, Hail Mary, that we might make it, but I don't boo my team. So I kind of feel like them booing us, like you said, like the other guy was saying, we are a little spoiled for all our wins and uh, everything. So we expect a certain thing, but I still don't think that's, that's not what we do to our own team. Like they feel like the Bay is their home. Like you guys just said, the Pistons have only won three games. They have not been booed, have they? Oh, they've been booed. Not the three games, two games. I don't know. I just I don't think you should do that to the Warriors. Like right now, all I want is I'm not willing to trade anybody or get rid of anybody. I kind of just want to let them see them work through it. Yeah, it's going to be a tough road, but I feel great about us. You know, like yeah, we had we had an injury with CP3 and a few other things, but we just got to work on our chemistry. I don't think because I, I look at it as a Warriors fan. Like look how bad it would be. What if Curry left to a different team and Curry and Clay followed him? How bad would that be against us? Like. No, I think those like that's fair, Jose. Things can always certainly get worse. Um, I don't know if you should necessarily be satisfied with things not being in a great place. So it, it all depends on your perspective. And, and FP, you've, you've been on the playing field. I don't know if you've ever been booed before, but you've certainly been cheered. You know, you've certainly been um, helped and aided by fans. You know, you understand probably better than most the power that fans have and the ability to raise up a particular team but you know the the Warriors are in a position they they do have to get their their bleep together and they got a road trip to do before they come home next Friday uh but I I can't fault anyone for feeling how they feel dude I've been booed as a Dodger every single game like I'd get booed and when I struck out walking back to the dugout I'd run out to center field and get booed by the fans in the pavilion like it, it, it sucks as a home team guy to get booed and you know it, it just Players are human beings, and I know you're out there going, well, they're making this money, they should be doing this. Yeah, it's true. I get it. Like, if you're making 30, 40, 50, 60, now $70 million a year with Shohei, like, yeah, you, you, you better get the job done, you better perform. If you don't like getting booed, play better. And that was kind of my motto. Like, But, like, when you, it, like, that's supposed to be your sanctuary, your home field. You run out there in the home uniform, and then they're booing you. That's tough. And it, it, it yeah, I was, I was a good giant as a Dodger. Like, I went down there as a, <laughs> I went down there as a spy. I hit like 196 on purpose to like make them suck. So, yeah, but no, I did, I deserved it. Like, I was, I, I was miserable there. I hated every minute of it. Uh, I thought, I'm going to show the Giants. I'm going to sign with the Dodgers. I'll show them. It's the worst decision ever, man. <laughs> worst decision ever. Thanks for hanging in there, Jonathan. Let's get out to San Leandro. Bring on Jonathan. You're on with FP Santangelo and Evan Giddings here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Jonathan? Good afternoon, guys. That was a good take, man. Anytime uh, you're thinking Dodgers, I was thinking the whole Bay Area could agree with you, brother. <laughs> Bad decision, dude. Anyways, Bad decision. Also, to, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to the uh, 95-7 family. I know sports is uh, the topic, but sometimes things are a little bigger than that. So I just want to put my condolences out there for everyone. You know, I know Steiny and uh, Shafty got the back going on. So, you know, all of us are, you know, we're uh, sending some positive thoughts to you guys today. Uh, however, next take I wanted to get to is um, the booing, and uh, I agree with the last caller. I mean, it says a lot when you pay good money to go somewhere. I mean, it's kind of um, kind of heinous to pay all this money, pay for parking, get your kids food, get yourself a you know seventeen dollar beer, and then you're booing the guy who's you paid. You know, it's, I don't think you're really getting at him that way. And I understand. I'm a Sharks fan, and uh, we were at the Canucks game when they beat us. Uh, it was almost ten. I think they reached ten. 
And uh, I think it was about the beginning of the third period. And instead of getting frustrated and angry, you know, I, I took my family and we went home. And uh, my daughter asked me, she said, how come we, you know, we didn't stay? And I kind of explained to her my frustration and how, you know, you, you need to look for solutions and not just point out the problems. And if you really want to hurt the players, you, you show an empty stadium. That's really going to get the message clear, I think. And I think it just is, you know, like you guys said, what was it, 2022 is the last championship for the Warriors? And we're already upset with them. <laughs> kind of reminds me of that spoiled kid on Christmas who got all those toys and says, what's next? You know, so I think we got to be grateful for what we got going on is my point. You know, let's uh, let's look at it a little differently. It's not a good taste for us Bay Area fans. How many years leeway does a championship give a fan base? Like your team won a championship in 2021-22, right? Like, like how long, how long? Is it just like next year you got to do it again? Next year you got to do it again? If you don't, like, screw you, I'm out? Like, I, I don't understand that. I feel like winning a championship as a coach, as a player, as an organization for the fan base should should buy you a little bit of equity, a little bit of cushion. No? There's got to be every year. No, and I appreciate the call. Uh, look, I don't think it... It does buy you leeway, and it certainly gives you job security. But if, let's say the Warriors had... I don't know, had a 15-win season the year after the championship. Like, I, I don't know. There'd probably be some booze inter, you know, interspersed throughout the season. I, I don't know. Like, the Warriors are champions. Uh, the Giants were champions as recently as 2014. You know, it's taken the Niners a very long time to, to get back in that position, and they hope that they can break a drought that's been going on for, I think, since 1994, so like 30 years. They haven't won a championship in a long time, my lifetime. So... I don't know if it buys you time, but again, like I think it comes down to expectation. I think it really does. If you expect your team to compete and to be better than it is, then I think it's it's a combination of shock and probably frustration and anger, and then it just manifests itself in a boo. I think as long as you're not killing an athlete or saying things to athletes that you shouldn't and direct them at the team. Like if, as long as you're not talking about an individual, um, well, I guess the, the caller earlier brought up Jamarcus Russell. I think that's probably fair, but like you're booing the team, not an individual to me. So look, I am, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I also think that it kind of depends on just how quickly the fall from grace is like someone like Andrew Wiggins, for example, two years ago looked like he could be the second best player and was the second best player on a finals team. Less than two years later, he looks like a player that could catch a DMP tonight in Chicago. Like that that is a, a fall from grace like we haven't seen in a while. If that happens to a team, I think all bets are off. Okay, player take here. Okay. And I'm and I said something about Clay earlier. That as we keep talking about this, I'll change my mind. By the way, I'm 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 allowed to change my mind, but I'm thinking about like Last I'm going. Check, yeah. Sometimes it, it takes me a while to get going and get into like player mode here, but like Clay said, I'm not losing sleep over it. It was kind of controversial. Steph said like I would boo me or I boo the way we're playing too. Yeah, but like what you hear in the locker room is what is a lot different from what's said a lot. And I've heard this before, and I don't know if these guys are saying this because I'm not in the locker room and I don't know them, but like. If I read in between what Clay is saying, like we've we've done all this for you, we've given you all these thrills, we've won four championships, we've done it in just an amazing fashion and become a dynasty, mm -hmm. and now we're having a little bit of a scuffle, and you're going to boo us. I don't know if I'd call it a little bit though. A lot of bit of scuffle, like yeah. whatever. Like the, the players' mentality is like I've I've heard I've heard guys in the dugout. Say screw that for a curtain call. I'm not going out there. They were booing me last week. Screw that, and mm -hmm. they stay in the dugout and they don't go out for the curtain call. So, like, if Clay's saying that, what if that's the mentality right now? Like, are you kidding me? Like, we won four championships. We had a parade like a year and a half ago, and you're gonna you're gonna boo us now? Like all that we've done for you, you're gonna boo us because we suck right now. Like, where's the loyalty? Like you're just gonna, you know, you're you're in this relationship, and just because you have a bad week, you're done. Let's get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's probably the mentality these guys are thinking. I'm guessing. This is a wild guess. No, I, I agree. But but let me throw this at you. If you're if you got your players hat on, the reason why they're booing is because they I 
think they care. Like you can internalize that as, well, I can't believe, you know, they're fair weather fans and you know, they were cheering me yesterday and they're booing me today. But you could also look at it as well, again, like you're not hearing silence, you're not hearing indifference, you're hearing passion that is negative, yes, but would you rather hear silence? I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess in that perspective, if you're playing like crap, it certainly doesn't hurt. It doesn't help to hear people pile on you. But you can also go back to your, you know, your your surroundings, your family, your friends, and look around. And it's like, okay, if, if you're not losing sleep over it, then does it like? Then why 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 should it matter? Why why does it matter? Why are you feeling the way that you are about fans expressing their their right as a fan to I don't know like to me I, when I heard that comment compared to the way that both Stephen Curry as well as Steve Kerr and Kevon Looney addressed the the booze in back to back games I heard a player that does care about the booze I heard a player that absolutely is is listening to it and, and hearing it and wrestling with how he is playing and where his career's at and, and I just I heard it him making it about him. And again the boos are not about Clay Thompson. The boos are about the Golden State Warriors. So that's where I come from. No, your take is well I mean, I get it. And you're you're in the majority with that take. I'm just saying like I've seen guys get really offended by that that have had success before and the first time they have failure get booed and just like, wait a minute. Like all of that's out the door. Mm-hmm. Like all all that we did, all those parades, all that fun we had together, all the thrills I gave you, and now we go through a stretch where we get blown out for three games, and we're the what are the eleventh seed, whatever they are, the twelve twelve seed, yeah. and we're gonna get we're gonna get booed now after that. Like I I kind of understand where they're coming from. No, I, I do too. I mean, it's they have given us everything. They've given us basketball nirvana. But that also doesn't mean that you are someone that can't be criticized. Like that—that's what we. I'm not sitting. I'm not saying we sit up here every single day for four hours and talk about how bad players are. But we give them praise when they're great, and we've been praising them a lot for the last decade. I also think it's fair to say, okay, you guys haven't been playing very. Like, what are we supposed to do? Just sit back on the sidelines and just say, you know, I think the Warriors have kind of turned it around. I think they're going to be okay. You know. Yesterday, we're hearing that Stephen Curry is the only player that's not on the trading block or couldn't be moved at the deadline. But everything's just kind of going to sort itself out. We're going to be all right. Like, I, I, I just wonder what athletes want from fans because the reason why some players are in certain categories as far as being beloved and appreciated and revered by fans is because they're so emotionally invested. And I think that emotional investment just manifests itself when the team comes out flat and plays with no effort and is quiet and is lackadaisical, it comes out as a boo. So it's you know it's the it's it's the two sides of love, right? I mean, I, I maybe I could be off base, and, and I hear what you're saying as a player, but I, I guess I would ask, you know, do, would you prefer to just have nothing, like just a, a kind of a flat line of response? No, no. Here's the thing. I'm trying to say I understand both sides. I understand yeah. a player that's done so much for, for an sure. organization and a city and a franchise and has won four championships that doesn't get it. I get his take. I also get your take in the sense that, yeah, what are you supposed to do if a team's underperforming? I would say that that there has to be some sort of sense of loyalty there. And I, the one thing I do get, and the one thing that makes me mad now more than anything is when I see lack of effort in sports, because that's the one thing you can control on a daily effort, a daily, a daily basis is your effort and your attitude. So I can't control a lot of things that are going to happen in the course of a game. I can't. It's out of my control. But what I can control is getting after it every single night. That's the one thing I, I have control over in sports. Well, the one thing that Moses Moody has had control over is his effort, and that's why he's our difference maker of the week. Moses Moody for the Golden State Warriors back-to-back season highs in 21-point games, both against the Toronto Raptors as well as the New Orleans Pelicans. Moody drifting through a screen, comes right side on Ingram, goes all the way in, wow. finger rolled it up and in, back to right there, eat the basket time. How about the way he's playing tonight? He's taking no, he's not taking no for an answer. 86-73. Certainly a lot of effort this week for Moses Moody. That's why he's our Difference Maker of the Week, brought to you by Freeman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit freemansappliance.com today. Okay, I see you, Jeremy. I see you, Hyphy Culture. We'll get to you on the other side as F.P. Santangelo and Evan Ginnings continue on for Steining Guru here on 95.7 The Game. And we're back after this.
We appreciate you tuning in. 888-957-9570 is the number. We'll talk to you in a sec. Yeah, hold on. Now, now back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Oats, I'm hungry, FP. These guys got in a fight, right? They're in court. They hate each other now. Such a good song. I mean, it's sweet music, though. Be a good walk-up song. <laughs> Evan Giddings alongside FP Santangelo with you. <laughs> oh, here it, she wait, comes. What, what, what was your walk-up she's song, a, by the way? She's a man-eater. Uh, what is it? A Working Man by Rush was my main one. Okay. Yeah, Working Man by Rush, and uh, There Goes My Hero by the Foo Fighters, because I like the line that said he's ordinary right after that. I did see the Foo Fighters at, at Outside Land this year. They were incredible. Like, they did probably the best show, uh, best performance of anyone I saw. Uh, Kendrick Lamar was, was awesome, but Foo Fighters, they went for, like, almost two hours, and generally sets go, at the longest, like, 90 minutes. They were awesome this year at Outside Lands. I love the Foo Fighters. You know how, you know how uh, polite Evan is right there? He has no idea what who Rush is in the song Working Man, so he just, like, blasts <laughs> down to Foo Fighters because he's so young. That went, like, right over his head. He's like, who is this Rush man you speak of, and what is this song called Working Man? Uh, I, I do know who Rush is. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, by the way. Uh, you could get his... Dr- <laughs> see, see that transition? <laughs> Yeah, that's good, dude. That's good. Yeah. Uh, let, let me go get this out of the way here. Uh, starting Tuesday, listeners will have a chance to win this autographed Christian McCaffrey jersey. It's kind of behind me. If you're out there on YouTube, you can see that the top of it. I'll pull it up in a second. But all you have to do is listen starting next Tuesday, the 16th, during the morning roast between 7.30, 8.30, Steiny Guru, 12.30, 1.30, and Willard and Dibbs, 4.30 to 5.30. It works this way. Each of the shows will give out a keyword. All you have to do is text the code to qualify, and we give you a chance to win your Christian McCaffrey autographed jersey for the San Francisco 49ers, who of course are waiting to see who they play in the NFC. They got the divisional round next weekend, not beginning this weekend, even though we got football. Um, but FP, no, you are right. Rush, I am unfamiliar with. That's okay. <laughs> A little Canadian band. Wait, so had a nice run. Were you put were you put onto them when you Rock went to Hall Montreal, or were you familiar with them beforehand? I was, like, yeah, I was yeah, just, okay, it's just some generational thing. There you go. Tom Sawyer, Limelight. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Working man. Getty Lee. Yeah. I'll throw him on the playlist after the show. How about Taylor Swift? Do you know her? I'm not a I'm not a big Swift fan. I I, I know. Where do you stand on that whole thing? Way. I I think you talk about derailing a season. I think they're <laughs> I think they I think their priorities got a little bit shifted you and they got a little bit careful. they got a little starstruck. I'm a big Travis Kelsey fan. I watched that quarterback's Netflix with Patrick Mahomes yeah. and fell in love with the dude. Like he's he's just a champion. Everything he does, how hard he works, like how he talks to his teammates, the confidence, the swagger he has. And they've they've been a little off, and I feel like you can get distracted. I agree. I, well, in a year in which it's not going the way you want, like you're trying to figure out who can catch a ball. Your defense is good, but the, most of the team is pretty young. Um, you obviously have still a great head coach, but it's 
it's not even the same team as it was last year. And so I don't like I'm with you. I think the added distraction or an umbrella of a of a superstar of a billionaire around your team all the time. When things aren't going right, that probably doesn't help at all. Like, I'm sure if they were winning, it'd be great. And, hey, Travis Kay's winning on and off the field and all this stuff. But when you're losing, you look at that and you say, well, that could certainly be a reason why everyone's looking at Travis. Like, how come you're not playing that well this year? You lose that edge, man. Yeah. You lose that edge. You lose that hunger. Because... He's also doing a podcast with his brother. It's like, is he distracted? Yeah, spreading himself thin. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, right now, the the Niners appear to be locked in, and hopefully, it's on a deep postseason run. But the Warriors, they got distractions. Maybe it's coming from the fans. We've been talking a lot about booing here on 95.7 The Game. And I know, oh gosh, we got full lines, FP, so let's open it up. 888-957-9570 is the number. FP Santangelo, Evan Giddings in for standing guru here on a feel-good Friday. Let's get out to Jeremy in West Oakland. He's been hanging on patiently. What's up, Jeremy? You're on 95.7 The Game. What's up, y'all? Happy Friday. Uh, first off, shout-out to Steiny and Shasky. Been thinking about them during my prayers and thoughts. And um, watching that game the other night against the Pelicans, man, it was definitely disappointing to see. Um, they were disappointing to see or hear fans booing, um, especially after all these years of continued and consistent success. Um, but, I mean, other calls have been right. It's just uh, it's a different crowd. They're spoiled, and maybe they weren't around for all the, the losing. Um, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, the Chiefs fans were booing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I just thought to myself, like, that's crazy. You know, this man has brought you two Super Bowl championships and multiple playoff appearances. And maybe they're having a less than stellar season. They're still going to the playoffs, but you're going to boo him because of that? I just, I, it, it doesn't sit well with me at all as a fan. So I'll never boo the Warriors. Um, I'll never boo any of my teams, honestly, uh, because I love them and I want to see them do well. So that's all, man. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, also, a piece of semi-breaking news we got to get across here, FP. Uh, according to Chris Haynes of TNT and Bleacher Report, senior NBA insider, the Raptors and Pascal Siakam are on the verge of parting ways. So that sounds like a trade is imminent. And, of course, he's had his name linked to the Golden State Warriors. So that's something we'll, we'll certainly keep an eye on. Let's go. I mean, do you think changes... Like, I... yesterday, Tim Kawakami came on Willard and Dibs. He said he thinks Andrew Wiggins will be moved... Uh, but I, I'm to the point where, and, and this is pre-booze even, I, I think change is, is necessary at this point just because they've they've looked a little redundant as of late. They've looked lackadaisical. I know that being on the road might help them get away from some of the noise, but it does feel like change is necessary. I don't know about a, a, a wholesale type of, you know, burn it to the ground and try and rebuild type change, but it just feels like you got to get something in and out of the locker room and mix things up because whatever it is they got going right now, um, they are they're, they're stuck. They're, they're, they're stuck right now. It changed the feng shui a little bit. It, 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 here's the thing. like you, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know who all of a sudden is chirping in the locker room. You don't know who's like on the training table every day and whining about an injury. There's so many different things that go into players getting traded that we know the obvious, right? You see the lack of effort. You see the, the points down. I don't know what's going on with Wiggins. He just looks out of shape to me. He looks skinny and kind of real. He, 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 I don't know. He seemed like he lost a lot of weight. And he doesn't have the same desire, the passion, the aggressiveness, the confidence. Maybe he's just kind of a microcosm for this whole team right now. But uh, trading for trade's sake, just to trade. Maybe, maybe there's some guys that are that are, that are viruses that you need to get rid of and that we'll never know about. Mm-hmm. You never hear about these things. I've been on the inside of trades before where they're like, why'd you trade this guy? I'm like, man, he was soft. He was on the training table all the time. He was whining on the bus. He was whining on the plane. He was trying to, like, you know, you see those reality shows where, like, this group goes over here and they start forming an alliance, and this group goes over here and they start forming an alliance, and they're trying to figure out ways to win the money at the end of the show. Like, you, when, when you lose, man, it gets, it gets ugly. So I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there, but the guys that get traded usually are the ones you're going to get the most value for, obviously, in, in return. And then sometimes you just trade guys that you just... 
they're just not right. They're not a right fit right now for you, and it, it might have a lot to do with attitude. Yeah, my only fear with the Siakam trade is that so he makes about thirty-eight million dollars. He is going to be a free agent. I wouldn't mind grabbing an expiring contract just because it would give the Warriors some financial flexibility this offseason. But if it involves and probably would involve Jonathan Kaminga, I don't know if I would be willing to pull that trigger because FPN. I think the first time we worked together, you, you know, you brought up the name Jordan Poole, and while his the way he left was you know kind of acrimonious and and all the rest don't have to rehash it i do think that the warriors their lack of young pieces that you could envision becoming something or taking the mantle in some certain way from from this iteration of Warriors basketball. Like, there's just, there's not a, a lot of those guys on this roster right now. And so I, I think Pajemski is a, is a solid player. I think Trace Jackson Davis is a solid player. I think even Moses Moody is is, is a decent player and, and can help. But Jonathan Kaminga is the only guy to me that, you know, I look at and say, all right, he might have the the tools or the, the physical capabilities to be a potential guy that you can build around. I don't know if he's a true one by any means. He's 21 years old, but that's the guy that I, at the deadline, yes, Andrew Wiggins is the guy you want to move off of. The guy that I would not feel comfortable moving off of is Kaminga. Yeah, I mean, Billy Bean in 2002 shook it up and he sent down half the team to AAA because he just didn't like what was going on. Players were too comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. And they got too comfortable. And I, I don't know or pretend to know what's going on with the Warriors right now, but maybe that's the onus for these trades is that maybe some guys are just too comfortable. Well, and, and you talk about Wiggins, too. I think that's interesting because I, I think also a change of scenery would be good for him also. Like, I, I don't know if he – I don't think he's this bad. But, you know, speaking as a player, like, sometimes you just – you need to get out of the place that you've been there for – he's been there now for four-plus seasons. He's been a part of a championship. He's been a big reason for the championship. He's given the Warriors a lot. And I think it just kind of looks like he's gotten everything he can out of it. And I think being able to move on from him would be both beneficial for Golden State as also as well as Andrew Wiggins. What do you got on Draymond coming back, though? I, I mean, I think we're talking about what's yeah. going on right now. To me, that's the story. That's Draymond. that's the, that's the headline right now, like him coming back and how it's, this is going to influence the team in what way? Draymond is, sure, a, a shadow that's hanging over the team right now. I do think they need him to be the best version of themselves, but I don't know if the best version of themselves is really worth all the baggage that he brings. Like, I'm still willing to go to the end of the year with Steph and Clay and Draymond. Like, I don't think any, well, the other two members of the big three, I don't think they're going to be moved. And I'd be willing to see what the rest of the season holds. But I'm I'm not married to Draymond the way that I was even at the beginning of this season, even though I was this summer when they signed him to a four-year deal. Like, to me, the moves that the Warriors made this offseason by trading off Jordan Poole, in the past the Warriors have moved off of championship players like Andrew Bogut to clear cap space, moved off to Harrison Barnes, obviously. They, they attached a pick to Andre Iguodala to clear cap space. I don't think, especially with how he's acted, that it's a foregone conclusion that Draymond's going to be a Warrior next year. And I think to me that's like that's my thing about Dre. I think he will be here for this season, but his future is cloudy. I mean it's it's like the weather right now in the Bay Area. It's foggy. I would keep the big three and trade everybody else. Anybody. Pajemski, who I love, he's a basketball player, he's probably my favorite warrior right now. Kaminga, Wiggins, I don't care. I'm keeping those three and whatever I can get for everybody else. Let's go. But I thought that Draymond was was someone that you weren't looking forward to to having. Back. Yeah, but get him and just keep those guys. Keep those three. Okay. Yeah, and then trade whoever. Everybody else is on the block. Maybe Draymond, but I would keep those three. Well, it sounds like everyone except for Curry is on the block. So I, I think you're spot on with that FP. It's like anything that happens at the deadline, and I think this is where most people are at. Is everything's fair game? Like if we hear in a, in five minutes that Pascal Siakam's coming in for. ABC player. I I wouldn't be mad at the move unless it involves Stephen Curry, and it's not. So anybody that goes at this point in the season not named Steph, I think we can kind of get on board with. I think we have to be on board with, just because the Warriors have shown themselves through 37 games to not be those t- those guys anymore. What's that going to do, though? Take them from a 12 seed to a what seed? Like I guess you don't know who they're trading or what they're trading for, but is it really going to turn a season around? 
No, I don't think this season is salvageable from a championship standpoint. Like, I don't think they're just going to all of a sudden get a guy in here and win 15 of their next 16. But I do think you have to start making moves for next season to try and still provide a, a serviceable cast around Curry. And maybe that could involve moving Draymond or moving Clay or Wiggins, Kaminga, whoever. Uh, but to me, the, the moves that are made at the deadline, I know they would love to thread the needle and have them compete for this year, but it's you got to be looking further down the line than just the last two months of the season. Yeah, something's, gotta be. something's definitely got to change. We'll see what happens. No doubt. Let's get out to Rich in Fremont. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors and their product right now. I'm kind of with you, Rich. What's up? You're on with FB Santangelo and Evan Giddings. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I think I agree with the other callers. I think the booing is really in poor taste, and these are a fan base that are young. Um, most of them probably don't even understand the game, really. They just like to watch Steph Curry hit threes and always have that, that winning, you know, uh, formula that they've been spoiled with. But I also think that that when it comes to to the product on the court, that's the reason why they're losing, okay? They're doing the same thing they did last year. They're not playing defense. They're allowing, you know, opposing teams to have wide open. In the corner, no. Sorry, Richard, you're, 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 you're breaking up there. Um, you know, please, please, please call back. Let's, uh, let's go to Marin. Bring on Chef Amy here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Chef? How are you? Hello, hello. Hey, hey, FP. I called you before, and I'm, uh, and, uh, we, we've phone met before. How are you? Chef Amy, what's going on? I'll tell Pete you said hi. All right, all right. Hey, guys. Um, you know, in terms of the brewing, you know, it, yes, it's bad taste, and I don't want to turn into a Philadelphia fan base, but I will say, you know, to quote Damon Bruce, uh, if I may, you know, uh, the, you know, the opposite of love is not hate; it's indifference. So actually, I'm a little bit encouraged that the fans care. I'm taking that look. Um, the other thing I just wanted to ask, uh, specifically FP, because you've been on teams, and Evan, I'm not sure about your background. My bad, but. Um, What's happened to the coaches in terms of defense? I remember when Mike Brown was coaching, and he was, oh, my God, you know, he's so great, he's so great. And then it's sort of, when he left, things seemed to slide. So where's the onus on the coaching staff to encourage the guys to play defense? You know, that, that's, that's my question. Now. Yeah, thanks, Jeff, Amy. Like, that's... That's what happens when you're successful. Teams grab your coaches, and coaches become head coaches. You see it in the NFL all the time. It's happening everywhere right now. Coordinators becoming head coaches, being real successful. So that's, I, I guess, one of the downsides of winning championships is t- teams want your coaches. But it, it, since Mike Brown left, I mean, that's been a big deal. Like he, they, they, But is it personnel that were buying into playing defense, or was it the coach getting them to believe? Because I, I think in any sport, defense is an attitude. Yeah, especially in baseball and basketball. Like in baseball, you can become a better defender just through hard work. You could be an average shortstop, but if you take a million ground balls a day, you can become a really good shortstop. Like your ceilings, your ceiling offensively, but like defense to me in the NBA is it's a lot about communication, right? And Steve Kerr was saying this is one of the quietest groups we've ever had as far as communicating on defense. So it's about it's a, it's about communication, but it's also about wanting to play defense. It's an effort. It's an attitude. Like the, and then doing it. Like it's hard, you yeah. don't get, you don't get paid for playing defense. You ever get? Well, you go to Scott Boros goes to the Giants and says, "Well, my client had a nine ninety eight fielding percentage. Oh, let's give him thirty million a year." You don't get paid for that in the NBA. Are there de- the defensive metrics? Do the agents take that to like Warriors ownership and say, "Like, look at how good of a defensive player my guy is." And no, you don't get paid for that. You get paid for scoring points. You get paid for assists. You get paid for your shooting percentage. You get paid for whatever your average in a game. That that's what you get paid for. So it's hard to get guys to buy in to hey. Defense wins championships. Yeah, defense is half of the game, but it's not the half of the game that you're most rewarded for. That's uh, like defense is incredibly important. And the Warriors having a generational defensive player for their titles and Draymond Green is a big part of why they were so good. But they also had Clay, who was a great defensive player. Andre Guadala, even Kevin Durant when he was here was great on defense. Their, their defense is. Yes, I mean, coaching perhaps is, is a reason why they're not as good as they could be, but 
I, I'm with you. you. You said this earlier, and it points to something that we've kind of talked about throughout the week. It's like players play and coaches coach. If you don't have talent, coaching can only take you so far. You know, if if a guy can't hit a curveball, you can only teach him so much on on how to maybe lay off that pitch. I mean, you, you kind of have to play to your players' strengths. And right now, the Warriors don't have players that have strengths on both ends of the court enough to kind of mesh. Like one thing that I I watch the Warriors and I, I look at all the time is they seem like combination dependent. Like this guy can play with that guy, but he can't play with this guy. Or this guy has to be on the floor with that guy at a certain time, but then he comes off and the other guy comes off. Like you you do need players that can stand alone. And right now Curry's probably the only guy right now on a consistent basis that you throw out there and you feel like you know what he's going to give you. And then when he doesn't play well, you know, and that's that's kind of where I'm at with the Warriors. It's like if Curry doesn't play great, they're probably not going to be in a lot of basketball games. And that to me is a reflection of the roster as opposed to a coach that's missing. And sure, Steve Kerr probably is not at his best year. In fact, this might be his worst season as a head coach. But I also think this might be one of the least talented rosters he's ever had. Probably is the most uh, the least talented roster he's ever had. So does that make him a bad coach because he's got the least talented roster? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think you become a bad coach overnight when you've won four championships. I'm just not buying that. And I think in our society today, we're always looking to blame somebody. Like we're always the blame the coach mentality drives me nuts. Like I'm a, I'm a son of a football coach. My dad was a high school football coach for forty years, mm-hmm. and I heard all the parents on the sidelines, and and I've heard all of it, and I see it all on the internet. And everybody wants to blame a coach. Like the players, if you don't like it, play better. You're making thirty, forty, fifty million dollars a year. To me, it lies on the players. Like you just don't get dumb overnight if you're a Hall of Fame coach. And Steve Kerr is a Hall of Fame coach. So you just don't get dumb overnight. But in our society, we're always looking for somebody to blame, no matter what it is. Like, right now, he's gonna, he's a bad coach, and they're, it, let's blame the coach. Let's blame the coach. I mean, that's why I didn't make the varsity team in high school, because the coach sucked. That's why I got cut from the junior <laughs> college team, because the coach sucked. That's why I, I didn't play basketball, because my coach sucked. And then we have that mentality, uh, my my boss sucks, as he walks by right now. Like everybody, every, every, everybody blames. What was that? Everybody blames. Everybody wants to blame anybody, everybody, instead of just like, yeah. this team just isn't good right now. It's not Steve Kerr's fault. He doesn't shoot one shot. He doesn't shoot one free throw. He doesn't play defense. Like, his job is to get him ready for a game. I understand that. But you just don't become a bad coach overnight. And this whole blame the coach mentality and fire the coach mentality, for, I guess it's it's from a player's stake, it's, it's standpoint. Like, it's on the players for me. The, the old saying, like, guys would bitch on the back of a bus, like, in the minor leagues. It's just, you, you've been a part of it, Evan. Like, 12 hour bus ride, this sucks. And we'd look at him and say, You don't like it, play better. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches after BP. <laughs> exactly. You don't like it, play better. Meaning, <laughs> this doesn't happen in the big leagues. If you don't like losing, play better. It's that simple. Like, we can break it down all we want X's and O's. This guy, this guy trades. You don't like it, you don't like getting booed, play better. Well, let's get out to Market San Francisco's got perhaps an answer for the Golden State Warriors. We'll see. What's up, Mark? You're on with FP and Evan here on 957 The Game. Yeah, gentlemen, I think it's to the point now we have to rebuild. Um, you look at mm. Oklahoma City, they've got 15 first-round draft picks, and look at the team they got. If we start trading away our young players and, and we don't have a good year, where are we going to be? We're going to be an expansion team for two or three years? I, I want to just keep our young players, Moody, Kaminga, Brzezinski, and Davis, and build with them. The league's caught up with us. Thanks, Mark. No Point taken. I mean... Like if you have a uh, a place to go, something to address, something to solve. But dude, 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 don't get outplayed. Don't get out efforted. Like that can never happen. All that's, right. That's so why you got booed. Whatever, whatever you do on a nightly basis. If we're gonna lose by twenty, we're gonna lose by twenty. Diving for loose balls. We're gonna play our asses off for however long it takes, and we're gonna lose by twenty. But it's not gonna be because of lack of effort ever, 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 ever. And then when you see that. On a consistent basis, now you got to figure out, like, okay, why is this happening and how do we change it? It's not an easy, it's not like you flip a switch like a light switch. Hey, let's let's play harder today. And it's it's the fight the here we go again mentality, man. It, 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 we've all been a part of it. It doesn't have to be sports. When things are going bad in our life, it's like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And then that's what these guys have to fight right now. Let's sneak Rich in before the break. Rich and Fremont back after breaking up earlier. What's up, Rich? How you doing? I'm good, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call a second time. Sorry for the breakup. 
Um, I just honestly believe that, you know, the booing thing is something I really didn't appreciate because at the end of the day, a lot of the, the, the fan base, they're younger. You know, this thing's been going for 10 years. So, you know, appreciate what they brought to the table, and they brought it, okay? But my other problem is this. The reason why the Warriors are playing the way they're playing is because they're playing the same way they played last year, where they thought they can just go out on the floor and think, hey, we're the Golden State Warriors. We can outshoot you. It's like, well, no. There's teams out there that can shoot just as good as you now, okay? And the other thing is, if you want to win games, you've got to play defense, okay? You don't play no defense. I mean, come on. We're watching guys from the opposing teams taking wide-open shots, and there's no one there to even defend them. And they wonder why they're losing. It's like, to win games, you've got to stop the other team from scoring. And if you can't do that, then guess what? 70% of the time, you're going to lose. That's just the way it is. So, you know, that, that's just my whole take on it, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Rich. Look, no, there's a lot to appreciate about the Golden State Warriors and what they've done. And coming up next, I do want to get into what we can appreciate about what we're about to see with the San Francisco 49ers because they're about to embark on a playoff quest for the sixth Super Bowl potentially in franchise history. All of that will be in front of them. We're going to find out who they play at the latest on Tuesday, potentially by Monday morning. We could walk in with Steining Guru, hopefully are back, and you could be talking about who the 49ers are going to be seeing in the divisional round next weekend. Evan Giddings alongside F.B. Santangelo filling in here midday. Mark Willard and Dan Dibley an hour away on 95.7 The Game. Also a reminder, you can catch all four hours of Steining Guru on the free Odyssey app, plus watch us on YouTube and Twitch, powered by First Norcast. Credit Union. That segment was also brought to you by Safeway. 888-957-9570 is the number. We're back after this on 95.7 The Game. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 